let's go on to the word of god very excited about uh, what god has been speaking to us from this morning uh, from the time we came in i believe this is very very prophetic uh, god is speaking to us um right in, at the beginning when pastor prayed um and began the service he's repeatedly mentioned a few things that are at the core or the crux or the complete content of this morning's message that god has given to me he does not know what i am going to preach and i don't know what he's going to pray <laughs> right but the spirit of god leads us so wonderfully god is here in this place hallelujah that's all i can say and that is true amen we're not making it up but that's true he prayed that go- for that god is sovereign mentioned that a couple of times and then he talked he prayed that god would do beautiful things he's made our life beautiful he also prayed repeatedly mentioned our times are in his hands our years are in his hands in his time he does things and that's exactly the passage that we're going to look at this morning ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 9 to 17 ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 9 to 17 what do workers gain from their toil i have seen the burden god has laid on the human race he has made everything beautiful in its time he has also set eternity in the human heart yet no one can fathom what god has done from beginning to end i know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil this is the gift of god i know that everything god does will endure forever nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it god does it so that people will fear him whatever is has already been and whatever will be has been before and god will call the past to account and i saw something else under the sun In the place of judgment wickedness was there in the place of justice wickedness was there I said to myself God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked for there will be a time for every activity a time to judge every deed Ecclesiastes 3 9 to 17 we read Talking about the book of Ecclesiastes reading a passage from the book of Ecclesiastes we need to understand the larger context or uh, what this preacher this wise man is talking about now firstly it is assumed that it is probably solomon who wrote ecclesiastes there is no internal evidence in scripture that solomon actually wrote it but it seemed to point to solomon because he clearly says that there was no one wiser than me <laughs> so most likely it is solomon The whole point of this whole book is this simply this everything in life everything in this world is meaningless is <laughs> vanity He talks about how wisdom learning knowledge toil pleasures accumulation of wealth all that you build up in life everything is meaningless one day somebody else is going to come and enjoy <laughs> whatever you do <laughs> on this earth but the point he is making is because everything is temporal 
and there is no permanent happiness in this changing world he points out that there is something wrong that has entered this world and there is no way for man to fix it interestingly he also he neither <laughs> talks about god's attempt to straighten out this world he's not talking about that also but where this book fits in uh, you may you may ask well, then what's the point of this whole book if the solution is not god in this book the point is that in the whole story of the bible in the creation of god the fallenness of man and the redemptive plan of god and the purpose of god that has been through the ages and for the ages did this book fits in rightly well to talk about the nature of this world this temporal life that's where this book fits in you get what i'm talking about he is content to say that god is sovereign over all things he's not giving a solution there or he's not saying what how god is working to fix it but he simply says that in the midst of all this there's evil in this world life is meaningless and there's no permanent happiness in this temporal world although he does not specifically point out to the fact that god is the one who is fixing it he's bringing out the point that god is sovereign over all you get it that god is above all that god is in control of all things that god is beyond all these problems of life that this is who god is that god is sovereign over all things and it is our duty to follow his ways for our living for god will bring every deed to judgment i have finished preaching the whole book he's content to say that god is sovereign over all things and it is our duty to follow his ways to fear god and walk in his ways to follow his commands for our living and god will bring ultimately everything to judgment this is the whole point of the book of ecclesiastes if you read through the whole thing this is a whole uh, point that he is making now the passage we read read let's come to that now why i described or talked about the whole point of this book is only when you understand the larger picture of what the author is saying what the spirit has inspired the human author to write then we will understand what this chunk of passage that we read really means otherwise we could be saying something out of it or we can be making out something out of it so simply my title for this morning's message is god is sovereign god is sovereign let's go back to the passage revisit it again one reading is not enough let's read it again ecclesiastes chapter 3 9 to 17 what do workers gain from their toil now up to verse 8 he's talking about there's a time for everything a time to die a time to live a time to sow a time to reap a, a time for everything that's what he's talking about right in this world there's a time for everything which god has ordained basically there's an order that he's talking about and in that 
thought process. Let's pick it up from there in verse 9. What do workers gain from their toil? Well, there's a time for everything, but what do ultimately everybody gain? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. For us, we all know only that verse from Ecclesiastes. But the context is that there's a time for everything. And, and even though you don't make out anything about God's timing for all that happens, although the life on this earth is just toil and sweating it out, Although the life on this earth feels so burdensome, for everything there is a time and God has made everything beautiful in its time. <laughs> Whether it's a time to reap or a time to sow. <laughs> Whether it's a time to live or a time to die. God has made all these things beautiful in its own timing. <laughs> right? Go down. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That is the sovereignty of God. Our human minds are so finite. We try to make out so much about everything that happens in our lives. We're trying to make sense out of it. We're trying to explain what's happening. We're trying to find a meaning. We're trying to find out what is all this? Why is it happening like this? Why, what is God doing? What does it mean? What is God saying through all this? Why all this pain? Why all this suffering? Why all these needs? Why the wicked are prospering and the righteous are suffering? We have, why somebody is born with an infirmity? We're trying to make sense. We're trying to explain. We're trying to find reasons. We're trying to find an answer. But the point is, God is sovereign. I know that there is nothing better. Let's read 12. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to good, do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift of God. And I know that everything God does will endure forever. This is a temporal world that he's talking about. And that's a gift of God. This temporal world is a gift of God. But whatever God does is eternal. It endures forever. And nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken out of it. God does it so that people will fear him. Our lack of understanding of the sovereign works of God and our lack of capacity to explain or understand or find a reason for why things happen the way they happen or the way they happen to us ultimately actually leads us to declare that God is bigger than me. He is sovereign. I am finite. He is infinite. And whatever has already been and what will be has been before but ultimately, God will call all the past to account. There's nothing new under the sun. That's what he says. Everything that happened in the past, happens. Everything that happens in the future, has already happened in the past. Right? 15, verse 15. Whatever is, whatever is, has already been. And what will be, has been before. And, but God will call all the past to account. 
it might be the same bad things that are happening again and again the same kind of sins that are recorded in scriptures which people did in ages past are the same kind of ones people do even today name it even even things like lgbtq which has already been there in existence and paul writing to the church at rome is addressing that issue when god gave a command right at the beginning through moses he's talking about those things he says that's not how a man should you know live with a man a woman should not live with a woman so whatever is has already been and what will be has been before and god will call all the past so even though we see all of this evil and we are trying to process all of that that's happening in the world the good news is that everything will be called to account one day basically simply saying no escape for anybody nobody can do evil or nobody can do anything they want and get away with it but god is going to call all things to account and i say something else under the sun 16 in the place of judgment wickedness was there in the place of justice wickedness was there and i said to myself god will bring everything both the righteous and the wicked for there will be a time for every activity a time to judge every deed we talking about god's sovereignty you see the display of god's sovereignty here how he makes all things beautiful in its time remember right at the beginning when god created the earth the heavens and uh, all of creation after each day after the day of creation or, or the work of creation god saw that it was good and so whatever happens each thing has its own time but god makes all things beautiful in its time there is a divine order which causes all things to be beautiful <laughs> amen because god is sovereign over all we just have to appreciate god's sovereignty in everything we may not understand it we may not be able to find a reason for why things happen the way it happens we may not be able to find a solution we may not be able to explain ourselves to somebody but god is sovereign and we just learn to appreciate that god is beautiful and he does thing everything beautiful in its time hallelujah there's a time for everything and god makes all things beautiful in its time we need to this morning acknowledge the sovereignty of god in our lives that god is sovereign over me i am not in control of my life god is in control of my life situations and circumstances don't dictate my life god is sovereign even over all those situations and circumstances which seem to be seemingly controlling us god is sovereign over them also because he makes all things beautiful in its time and so he allows different things to happen sometimes it's it makes us feel happy sometimes it's painful but yet god is sovereign over all of them because he makes all things beautiful in its own time god's order is beautiful 
divine timing is beautiful hallelujah he has set a time for everything even though everything seem to be meaningless for us in the sight of man everything is meaningful but god's order is beautiful he has ordained everything beautifully in its time we need to recognize this morning that god's acts are beautiful even though we may not understand them even though it doesn't make sense to us what seemed to be out of control and not in the right timing what seemed to be making no sense are still all beautiful in god's timing that's where the faith aspect comes in hallelujah amen if everything in the is 100% explainable understandable reasonable to our minds then we don't need god at all there's no need for faith at all but god has called us to live a life of faith in other words it's simply an adventurous life <laughs> amen hallelujah in the midst of all your troubles in the midst of all your needs you may not have a job you may not have income you may not have enough education your health may be going down you may not have things that you wanted you may not have a happy life you may not probably have the happiest husband or the greatest husband that you wanted and life at home may not be the happiest for you you may not be the richest one you may not be living in a palace you may not have the greatest job you might not have the greatest income you may you may probably be carrying a, a great amount of burden in your life but i want us to know that god's order is beautiful he does everything beautiful in its time there's a time for everything there's a divine order in the midst of your chaos <laughs> there's a divine order and god is doing beautiful things in its own time which you and i probably may not be able to see in the midst of the chaos around us man sees the chaos and experiences it but god sees divine order and he is making something beautiful in its own time for his glory hallelujah god is sovereign amen hallelujah that's what the preacher is saying here that's what the scripture is saying the display of god's sovereignty is seen and experienced in how he makes all things beautiful in its own time the display of god's sovereignty is seen and experienced in how god makes all things beautiful in its own time it answers the question of what is the meaning of all that happens in life what is the meaning of all that happens in life simply this god is sovereign it helps you to know you and i to know that god is sovereign it helps you and i to fear god it helps you and i to walk in his ways it helps you and i to know that there is someone who's far beyond us but the good news is that he has not planned and purposed anything for our evil or for our destruction but for our good because he makes all things beautiful in its time hallelujah hallelujah amen 
Secondly, how God is sovereign. How, what do you find here? Look at verses 12 and 13. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is the gift of God. You find the sovereignty of God when you recognize God is sovereign. When you know that God is sovereign, we can live a contented life. That's what he says. He's nothing better. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is a gift of God. Find that satisfaction in what God has entrusted to you. Be content with what you have. You experience God's sovereignty in your life. Knowing that God is sovereign will make you to live a contented life. Be happy, do good, work hard. Be satisfied with that. There are people who live a life where they have more than enough for themselves but yet are not contented. For such people, God is not sovereign over their lives. They have not understood that God is in control of their lives, that God is the one who orders the course of their life. They constantly want more because they think that they will somewhere find satisfaction in having more, but they never have enough and never are satisfied with enough, with more. But when you recognize that God is in control, that God is bigger than who I am, that God has purposed my life and he has a plan for my life, that when you recognize that God is in control of me and even those things that make sense or don't make sense, that he is my God and I've given my life to him. When you understand that he makes all things beautiful in its time, when you recognize that, when you have surrendered your life to that truth, you will be contented. Satisfaction is a reflection that you made God sovereign over your life. It's one thing to say that my sins are forgiven, I'm saved. But it's another thing to say that he is the Lord of my life. This is the aspect of having God have complete lordship over us. Do you understand the word lordship? That someone is completely under this person and he completely dictates and orchestrates the course of his life. He's in complete authority and complete control. Many people accept Jesus as their savior but have not accepted him as their Lord or surrendered themselves to have him Lord over them. You get what I'm talking about? Come to the complete Lordship. Commit yourself to the Lordship of Christ. Be content with what you have. Be happy. Do good work. Work hard. Be good. Do good. Be satisfied. Life is God's gift. We have only one life and that's a gift of God. That life should not be wasted with just murmuring and complaining the whole time. It's a matter of choice. Do you want to stay contented and be blessed or do you want to stay murmuring and complaining and always wanting? and always greedy, and never having enough, and never being satisfied, and live a horrible, 
life and make it, make your own life miserable it's a choice that we have to make amen how do you want to handle your life do you want to have a contented life or do you want to stay discontented by comparing ourselves with others one of the things that will make us discontented is comparison when we start comparing ourselves with somebody else's success when our identity is completely who i am is completely on what i do or what i perform or what i achieve or what name or reputation i carry if my identity who i am comes out of that then we will never be contented but my identity comes from who i am in my relationship with christ i'm a child of god i've been washed by his precious blood i belong to him when your belonging is your belongingness your identity is with him in that relationship with him then you are no longer concerned about what people think about you <laughs> whether you drive a old junk or a mad brand new mercedes <laughs> we have quite a lot of junk at home and so we end up spending a lot of time with our mechanic friends it doesn't matter it doesn't matter doesn't mean that we have to necessarily live poor or look like we are poor when we have enough that's a false sense of pride also that can come out of that look at me i am the most humblest person a lot of pride in my humility <laughs> but the point here is the preacher is calling us to be contented and where does that contentment come from in the fact that god is sovereign over my life and i know that god is in control when god knows what he is doing and even the things that i can't explain or i can't make out of what is happening and why this delay and why these problems and why that need and why these struggles and why these perennial situations that come one after the other when i fought one demon another one comes by when we can't understand all of this we know that god is sovereign and he makes all things beautiful in its time and god's sovereignty is displayed in making all things beautiful in its own time even though i don't make out of it because my mind is finite my understanding is very little i don't see the big picture i only know yesterday and today i don't know tomorrow amen and god also chooses not to reveal everything about tomorrow to us he wants us to walk by faith whom will i marry where will i settle what job will i take what profession will i pursue what kind of a family will i live with where will i settle will i be able to buy a house what will i do in my life how would my children be what will their future look like is always a big question mark and one of the biggest prayer points that most of us would have is pray for my future or the biggest question that everybody wants to solve is what is god's will for my life i think god's will for your life is simply settled in the understanding that god is sovereign over my life hallelujah amen I don't have to be asking that question at all because when God is sovereign over my life only his will 
is going to be fulfilled in my life. Because he is making all things beautiful in its own time. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look at this passage. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Give room for God to act and to judge. Don't play God over your life. If you try to teach God what he should have done in your life and what he should be doing for you, you will never be content and never be able to give room for God to act and work in your life. Look at verse 14. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. Hey, God is sovereign. You and I can never bring any more wisdom to God's acts or his works in our lives. You and I can never say God maybe didn't do enough. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He sometimes keeps us at the edge of the seat. <laughs> I said he sometimes keeps us at the edge of the seat. We are like anxious. What's going to happen? Remember God is sovereign. Just relax. Sit back. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the God given life he has given to you. It's a gift from God. Whatever he does is going to endure. Don't worry about life. Hallelujah. This morning, that was a word of prophecy. Many of you are anxious and concerned about your future. Concerned about your wife, life. Some, some also concerned about their wife. But concerned about their life and their future. But God is sovereign. Why do you worry? Why are you anxious? Why are you concerned? Hallelujah. Amen. Cast your burdens on him. Because he cares for you. Let's read 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 6 to 11. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 6 to 11. Godliness with contentment is great gain. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 to 11. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. You can never add anything to what God does nor remove anything that God is doing. We brought nothing into this world. We're going to take nothing out of this world. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into the temptation and are trapped and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs because of the love of money. They can even lose their faith in God. It's good sometimes that we don't have too much rather faith in God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Then going after money, eager for money. But you know, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Money is going to follow you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
all your needs are god will take care of that don't worry about what you need how you going to pay your fees how will you pay your rent how will you manage things how you'll make both ends meet don't worry about it godliness with contentment is great gain just be content with god where god has placed you in life right now be content with what god has given to you right now one fellow was there he was a um brilliant guy he got a gold medal in his college education engineering gold medalist but because his auntie's sons and daughters and all of his cousins had all gone abroad he also somehow wanted to make it to the promised land and so he worked very hard trying to you know apply for visas his visa to us was declined five times five times and he wasted many years applying again and again again and again while he had good job opportunities right here he had good openings he was a gold medalist he's brilliant guy five times he applied finally made it went for masters what he should have finished in 2 years he finished in 5 6 years it took 5 6 years for what he should have finished in 2 years and because he didn't finish on time he didn't get a job on time and because of that he had to work on some just projects here and there take up some small side businesses and somehow to keep the visa going you know you need to keep extending so you have to show that you're working see kept taking some menial jobs small projects but for the ha- education the the uh, success that he had in his education he should have actually really taken off big time and what he should have achieved in about 2 years he ended up studying for 6 years and because of that he didn't find a job and so for the next 4 5 years he again kept working some small projects to keep always expecting always waiting always thinking that one day he'll hit the jackpot that one day he will you know really fulfill his american dream the great american dream never was fulfilled the dream crashed and then his father fell sick and he had to come back and now he is trying to get married at 30 plus and then he had to say i am working in the us he put out his uh, resume and bio data on different online portals and unfortunately he gave my number as his pastor's number and so many girls would call and ask what is he doing and i would say i don't know and he would tell many of them i have a job in the us but just that i don't get paid who's going to marry a boy like that and by the way who's going to give, you're not a philanthropist doing charity to have a job and not get paid and there was a doctorate from iit somewhere karagpur or wherever it is you know a scientist who called and asked her, uh, this is what he says and he tells me that he's uh, the moment he's going to leave india he's going to land in a great job and then he's going to buy a big house he's going to buy a lamborghini it's a very expensive car that even celebrities in india might struggle to get one he's going to get one <laughs> he had to make up a lot of things to give a lot of big picture to many people you know in those days they used to have a 
proverb in Tamil. They say, you even tell thousand lies and get married. This is very true. The one thing that he did not, he failed to do is that he did not make God sovereign over his life. And so he had to fix a girl in one country and then manipulate her and get her to find him a job, get her to find a house, get her to, you know, gift him all that he needed and then he ditched her and went to another girl and got married to her. Complete mess of a brilliant guy. And that's what the preacher is saying. That's the wisdom he's bringing. Be content with what you have. Love of money. Trying to be like somebody else. is going to wreck your life. Trying to impress people is going to wreck your life. Trying to have more than what you need is going to wreck your life. If it comes your way, praise God. If you have more than what you need, if it comes your way by itself, praise God for that. But if that's the ultimate goal of life, and if you want to go and live a life that is larger than reality, it's going to wreck your life. You'll never have contentment. Godliness, godliness with contentment. If there's food on your table, if you've got clothes to wear, you have a roof over your head, you've got shoes on your feet, praise God for that. Hallelujah. If, if you have anything more than that, just thank God. That's it. Full stop. Amen. Do I need more? No. Do I have needs? Yes. What do I do and I have more needs? He's sovereign. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't mean that we don't have to have goals. Doesn't mean that we don't have to have a roadmap for our lives. Does not mean that we just sleep our whole lives. Doesn't mean that we should not excel. As Joshua prayed, we need to have that spirit of excellence. But with godliness and contentment and you're really excelling in what you're doing and if you're faithful, you're certainly going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 30. Verses 7 to 9. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Proverbs 30, 7 to 9. Proverbs 37 to 9. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. And give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you. And say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Two things he's asking. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. And the other thing he's praying for is neither give me poverty nor too much. <laughs> give me my daily bread. I may have too much and disown you or I may, and I may say who is the Lord or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of the Lord. And so knowing the fact that God is sovereign over our lives makes us to live a contented life. Hallelujah. A contented life is a reflection that you have made God the Lord of your life. That he has complete control. He is in complete authority. You have submitted and surrendered your life to the place where you say, it's all in his hands. He makes all things beautiful in its time. I am just contented with what I have because he has a time for everything. Hallelujah. Contentment is key. 
God has an order. Firstly, we talked about God's order, that God's order is beautiful. He makes all things beautiful in its time. That's God's order. It's beautiful. Secondly, contentment shows that you made God as sovereign over your life. You made him the Lord of your life. And this answers the question of how you respond to things that happen in your life or things that don't happen. That you are contented. Quickly and thirdly and lastly, we're going to finish. Talking about the sovereignty of, sovereignty of God. Here the preacher talks about how the Lord judges everything. Judgment of all things. That's where he settled his case. I don't understand. I don't know. I can't deal with it. But God judges all things. Verse 14 to 17. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. We're reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 14 to 17. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever is has already been and whatever will be has been before and God will call the past to account. And I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. Isn't that true of this world? The place of judgment, the place of justice, what is there? Wickedness. But I said to myself, God will bring everything into judgment, both the righteous and the wicked. For there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. So when you say there's a time for everything, there's also a time for judgment of all things. God is sovereign. Hallelujah. Would you make God sovereign over your life? Therefore, fear God and follow him. That's the command. That's the conclusion of the matter. In fact, when, you, when he concludes the whole book, he says the conclusion of the matter is this. I like how it says in Tamil, It's very beautiful. The conclusion, when you sum up everything, plus minus, put everything, calculate everything and see, finally, what is the final conclusion of everything? Fear God. Walk in his commands. He will judge all things. And so whatever injustice, wickedness, all will be judged by God. Sovereignty over his judgment. In his judgment. Are you complaining, murmuring, crying about anything? Are you unsettled in your life? Are you angry and bitter with people and with systems around you? Are you upset with life? Are you upset with what's happening? Are you cursing the day of your birth? Do you feel you have everything that you don't deserve? Do you feel that you have everything that you don't deserve? Do you, are you never happy because of the evil that has affected you? The Bible says that God is sovereign in judgment. Sovereignty in judgment settles everything that looks so meaningless and unjust and unfair. What looks so unfair to you? What looks so undeserving to you? What looks so unjust to you is all going to be settled when finally God judges the world. Hallelujah. So let's rest until then. He has a time for everything. This is how he makes beautiful everything beautiful in its own time. Amen. That answers the question of what is the final destiny of what happens in life. The final destiny of what happens in this life is that God will judge everything. And so let's relax and wait for God's timing. He makes all things beautiful in its own time.
Amen. Hallelujah. And so, don't worry. Be happy. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to you for the privilege of reading your word this morning. Oh, your word is alive to us. Your word is so real in our lives, oh Father. We're not reading something that is a myth or a story or a philosophy that does not make sense to realities of life. But we thank you for the reality of your word, which is much more real than the reality of this present world and the conditions of life that we have to endure. And Father, we pray that you will enable us to comprehend and have a glimpse of your sovereignty this morning. That you make all things beautiful because there's an order you have for everything to happen. We don't understand it, Lord. We cannot fully explain it, Lord. Sometimes it's uncomfortable for us. But we know that, Lord, we can rest in the fact that you are sovereign. And in your divine order, you do things. And we just want to continue in this life by being content, Lord. Not to be murmuring and complaining. Not to be unsettled. Not to be angry and agitated. Not to live a frustrated life. Not to pursue for more than what we need or deserve. We don't want to be asking for everything that we see. And Lord, we want to settle the case by saying, you are sovereign in judgment. Whatever looks unfair, whatever looks unjust even now, is all settled in the fact that you are sovereign and you will judge the world. Hallelujah. And you will bring everything to justice one day. Help us to rest in this, in you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray.